0: Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. Hey everyone, welcome to Alien Zoo. My name is Chris, and according to my mom, this is the top podcast about cryptids. So lucky you. Now today I've got a treat for everyone. We're going to be covering a creature so puzzling that it could be, dare I say, fake? But hey, this is an open-minded podcast, so let's withhold our opinions until we hear the stories behind this creature. And speaking of which, why don't we just get right into it, okay? The 70s saw the emergence of reported sightings of quite a few different cryptids that became staple specimens in cryptozoology. Creatures such as the Beast of Exmoor... Thunderbirds, and El Chupacabra, just to name a couple. Also during the early 70s, there happened to be a beast stalking residents in the small town of Enfield, Illinois. This beast would later become known as the Enfield Horror. Now, similar to my previous episode on the Flatwoods Monster, I have for you a few different stories of supposed encounters with the Enfield Horror, And then we could take what we learned from those stories and come up with a solid explanation for this entity. That sound good? Perfect. Alright, so at about 9.30pm on the night of April 25th, 1973, a local named Henry McDaniel heard a scratching sort of noise coming from his front door. He peered out and vaguely saw something resembling a bear. Before investigating further, Henry grabbed a gun, which was a twenty-two pistol, and a flashlight, which is one that shines light, and took them both outside. It was an incredibly windy night, and once outside, he saw a bizarre creature standing between two rose bushes. Now, Henry later described the creature, saying, quote, it had three legs on it, a short body, two little short arms, and two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood four and a half feet tall and was graying in color. End quote. Later on, he also added it was, quote, almost like a human body. So you definitely want to shoot at it, right? Mr. McDaniel didn't even hesitate for a goddamn minute before firing four shots at the unknown animal, or human. Three out of the four shots, but he swears he hit the beast with one shot, in the shoulder, or what he thought was a shoulder. The one that did hit caused the creature to hiss, quote, much like a wildcat. The shocked creature then fled towards a nearby railway embankment. Now here's something a little bizarre. The railway, which was about 50 feet away, it was said that the creature covered that distance in only three jumps almost like a super kangaroo, but we'll get to that a little bit later. It was this time, it was around this time when Henry decided to call the local authorities. Now, a couple of state troopers came to his home to investigate the area. Upon investigation, the state troopers discovered a series of scratches in the siding of his house. Um, The footprints, they found footprints as well that were very similar to a dog's, but having six toes instead of four. Uh, Two of the tracks were four inches wide, while the print left by the third foot, quote-unquote third foot, was smaller. Strange little interesting detail. Now, Henry described the creature to the cops as, quote, dog-like in shape with six toe pads. Now, the police did their due diligence and considered McDaniels to be rational and sober uh, before writing up the report of the incident. However, to counteract his sobriety, Henry later said in a press interview, If they do find it, they will find more than one, and they won't be from this planet, I can tell you that. Thanks, Henry. So, after this initial sighting, investigators began interviewing nearby residents just to see if anyone else saw anything out of the ordinary. Anything to corroborate Mr. McDaniel's story. And this is when they came across a 10-year-old resident by the name of Greg Garrett, who happened to be Henry's neighbor. Now, Greg claimed that he came across the same creature about half an hour before Henry did. Greg told investigators that the mysterious beast stepped on his feet, shredding his tennis shoes in the process. It's a crazy story, right? Well, investigators couldn't find anything to give Greg's story any credence such as, you know, blood or wounds on his feet or even the torn tennis shoes. Um, And, actually, it just so happened that Greg later told Western Illinois University researchers that his report to investigators was a hoax. It was all a goof. Quote, To tease Mr. M and have fun with an out-of-town newsman. You know, for Christ's sake, Greg. Just when I thought it was safe to trust a 10-year-old again. But it's fine. Let's calm down. Two weeks later, on May 6th, Mr. McDaniel called WWKI, a local radio station, claiming to have seen the creature again. Hmm. A radio station instead of the cops this time, huh? Perhaps for notoriety? Interesting. Henry McDaniel told the station that at about 3 a.m. in the morning after being woken by the barking of some neighbor's dogs, he saw the creature moving by the same railroad embankment he saw during his first encounter. Now, about this sighting, he said, quote, I saw something moving out of the railroad track, and there it stood. I didn't shoot at it or anything. It started down the railroad track. It wasn't in a hurry or anything. Now, after this word of the, quote, Enfield horror has gotten around a little bit. People began to talk. It's a smallish town. Now, people from all around began to flock to Enfield in hopes of seeing whatever this thing was. Most of the visitors, hoping to get a glimpse of the creature, were very enthusiastic, actually, you know? But they were also very intrusive. And this prompted the local sheriff, Roy Pashard Jr., to warn Henry McDaniel about keeping his mouth closed. Or he would ha- he would be forced to incarcerate McDaniel. This is what the sheriff said. Over the next few months, the crowds began to grow larger, um, and with the crowds came increased alarm among the citizens of Enfield. Now, some of the people who came to try to whe- witness this beast um, were genuine monster hunters, I guess you could say, uh, while others were just hunters or thrill seekers with weapons, which is a great a great mix. This forced the sheriff's hand, particularly when he had to arrest five gun-toting hunters for shooting at a, quote, gray thing that ran through the woods. Two of those hunters, Mike Mogul and Roger Tappy, both of whom were from Elwood, Indiana, now they both swore that they had witnessed a, quote, gray monkey quickly move through the underbrush. Sheriff Pichard made numerous threats against Henry McDaniel. Which, it would be noted, had no effect whatsoever. Who was convinced there was something very strange going on? This is McDaniel thinking that. Now, shortly after all this craziness, and all the out-of-towners went home, and, you know, this whole thing died down a bit, four more people claimed to have seen the Enfield Horror. Alright? And it was these four more sightings that prompted the radio station uh, WWKI, remember, uh, for, uh, they formed a search party. Now the director of news for that station, Rick Rainbow, he got together the search party and, um, but, but it was really just Rick and his, is three friends. It wasn't exactly a search party. Later that day, the quote search party explored the area, and actually reported seeing an ape-like creature standing in an abandoned building near McDaniel's house. Now, it is said that an actual recording of the creature's cries was recorded, and the party fired a shot at it before it fled. So many so many guns being fired. This, it's a whole bunch of gun-loving animal haters in this story, that's what I think. Now, Why would anyone just blindly shoot at a creature like that, you know? But for this story, I'm just going to chalk it up to it was the 70s. It was a different time, I suppose. All right, so here's one of my favorite parts of all my episodes. In comes cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman. I hope you're not sick of this man because he is absolutely instrumental in the investigation portion of these famous cryptids. Now, Lauren said to have heard the recorded cries of the creature. Lauren told the press, quote, I traveled to Enfield, interviewed the witnesses, looked at the sighting of the house the Enfield monster had damaged, heard some strange screeching banshee-like sounds, and walked away bewildered. What a legend. So those are a few reports on the Enfield horror. Okay? It's not much, but it's enough to solidify a rather thick chapter in the book of cryptozoology. Alright? Oh, and while doing research, I found reports of another creature that predates the Enfield Horror, but could possibly be the same creature. So let me get into that report. Between the years of 1941 and 1942... There was a string of similar sightings in the small village of Mount Vernon, which happened to be less than 40 miles away from Enfield. Interesting. These encounters involved a mysterious leaping beast that terrorized the local people, and it it was supposedly responsible for numerous animal deaths and mutilation in the region. The locals called the creature the Mount Vernon Monster and described it as being vaguely baboon-like in appearance, and able to leap anywhere from 20 to 40 feet in a single bound. But what this report does is liken this creature more to a devil monkey rather than an en- the Enfield Horror, which could possibly be what the Enfield Horror is. It could be a devil monkey or, you know. You can go listen to Alien zoo episode on devil monkeys and decide for yourself. I think I... Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did an episode on devil monkeys. All right. So what could this creature be? It's not beyond the realm of possibility for it to be an undiscovered animal, but you know this show. We like to check off all the possibilities. Um, it has been suggested that the creature just may be a kangaroo, possibly escaped from a nearby zoo, which would explain the, quote, three legs description as the tails of kangaroos sometimes look like a third leg. This would also describe the hopping movement reported by Henry McDaniel. Uh, Although, you know, McDaniel was convinced that the creature, quote, wasn't no kangaroo, he was this certain because he actually had a pet kangaroo while on military service in Australia. Also, if you look at kangaroos, they have tracks that leave claw marks as opposed to the canine-like pads found at the scene of the first Enfield Horror sighting. Now, following media coverage of the creature, an Ohio man contacted a local newspaper stating that the creature may have been his pet kangaroo Macy, which had been lost or stolen a year previous. Now, at this point, all I care about is if Macy made it home safely, but I could not find that report, unfortunately. I don't know. I personally am leaning towards the possibility of an ape-like creature. I think it was switching between walking on all fours to walking on two, which may have given a possible uh, quick glimpse appearance of having three arms, you know, from going to all fours, standing up to two. Maybe one hand was still on the ground at one point. Oh, and a few days after the first sighting of the creature... United Press International quoted an anthropology student who, suge- who suggested that the creature may have been a wild ape, noting that such animals have been reported throughout the Mississippi area since 1941. This is interesting because it opens up the possibility of this being a hominid cryptid, which of there is very heavy activity in the state of Illinois when it comes to, you know bigfoot and sasquatch type creatures. Um, which is why I'm leaning more towards that rather than, you know, the more rational, I guess, more rational kangaroo theory. Okay, in one last piece of info, in 1978, there was an interesting study published by researchers at Western Illinois University. This uh, study analyzed the original Enfield horror incident, focusing on social contagion. Now, the researchers found there were no more than three first-hand reports that had subsequently been exaggerated by news stories and local gossip into an epidemic, if if you will. According to the study, quote, In this area of southern Illinois, it is not unreasonable to assume Mr. M, that's McDaniel, or the radio news team had actually seen an animal. People we interviewed framed the recent events in these terms. Their accounts admitted the possibility that large dogs, calves, bears, deer, and wildcats have been cited. Some frames suggested that an exotic pet, such as an ape or a kangaroo, was the catalyst for the monster reports. Finally, some people tactfully suggested that Mr. McDaniel had a notoriously overactive imagination and had probably been shooting at shadows. In any event, we interviewed only one person who agreed with Mr. McDaniel's claims that he had indeed seen, quote, a monster from outer space. And that was the study. Now, as much as this study makes sense, Henry McDaniel doesn't strike me as a very imaginative person. That's just me personally. I mean, three legs with pink eyes. Honestly, I think that's so overly bizarre. Um, Which in my mind means he must have seen something odd, right? You decide and let me know. So there it is. The Enfield Horror. I do apologize for leaving you with more questions than we started with. Um, This is a very bizarre case. Um, A case I do believe is likely an already, already discovered animal that doesn't belong to that particular ecosystem. Or, it could be some sort of creature with three legs. Or like most of these episodes, it could have been a kangaroo. Who knows? I sure don't. But I'm trying to find the answers. So that does it for this week's episode of Alien Zoo um, once again thank you very much for listening and until next cryptid bye